Welcome back. My name is Isabel Gates, and this is the Spacemakers Podcast. If this is the first time you are joining us in our space, we're going to ask you to pause and go listen to episode zero first, which kind of explains what this podcast is all about. We always recommend listening to that first before diving into any other topics. So right now we are doing a mini series on the quote unquote kingdom kid experience. If you grew up in our specific family of churches, the International Churches of Christ, you will know that people in our church often use this term to refer to kids who were born into this church to members of this church. We just did a two-part episode called the quote-unquote Kingdom Kid Experience, where we dive into the complexities of that term, as well as wildly varying experiences of different Kingdom Kids. We realize that this sounds very ICOC-specific, but if you are listening and are not part of the ICOC, we hope that you can relate in some way in your community, as we know some of these issues of raising your kids in church could be universal. For this episode, we wanted to get some perspectives from the parents who raised Kingdom Kids. So, welcome to our very first Meet the Parents episode. This is a longer one, so feel free to put us on that two times speed or grab a cup of coffee. Our guests for today are my parents, Ben and Marie Arcelana, as well as Megan's mom, Cindy Wickham. I'll let them introduce themselves, but first I wanted to just touch on some disclaimers because reasons. We always like to remind people that our goal here at Spacemakers is to make a safe space for sharing experience. And if you hear someone's experience that is different than yours, it doesn't mean that yours isn't true. We're here to validate and hear each other. More on that on episode three. It's also been a second since we've reminded our listeners that we like to have lots of different people on our podcast. And just because someone says something on here doesn't mean that we or all of the other guests agree or see things the same way. But the point of this podcast is to listen to lots of different people and to hear different ideas. We're making space for people to disagree well, to be different, and to have unity over uniformity. We are so, so excited to have these parents come on today and share their thoughts about raising kids in church, the benefits, the pressures, the regrets. We are even going to dive into what to do if your kids are deconstructing their faith or thinking differently than you do. Megan and I will also be in the conversation, adding our perspective to what our parents are saying. But for today, Rachel will be moderating. So with no further ado, I'll hand it over to her. back to the space makers podcast if you hear a different voice that's because it is it's me rachel i'll be moderating this episode um because we have a really special episode for you guys we are going to be talking with our parents we have a few of the space makers here um who are kingdom kids talking with their parents about more about the kingdom kid experience going along with the little mini series that we have on the experiences of kingdom kids within our movement of churches so with that um if everybody could just introduce themselves really briefly obviously if you're a parent introduce who you're the parent of and if you're the space maker you know Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is uh, Ben Arcelana, and I'm with my wife, Marie Arcelana. 
we are the parents of Isabel Gates. <laughs> and we do have uh, our youngest daughter is Katrina Arcelana. She is with the uh, University of North Texas Campus Ministry. Also, yes, uh, we have been part of the International Churches of Christ for some time. Uh, we, uh, we became part of the church in Manila, Philippines. I was uh, baptized in 1990 in the campus ministry of the University of the Philippines. Um, and we were part of the full-time ministry for about 11 years, uh, helping out with different churches all over the Philippines and also in Thailand. And 15 years ago, we left the ministry and we moved over to Dallas. So, Yes, yes. Uh, I'm Marie Arcelana, and oh, for the Filipinos, it's Arcelana. They might not recognize Arcelana, but for Americans, it's Arcelana. But um, yeah, I became a Christian. I was baptized in October of 1994 and went into the ministry four months later and was in the ministry with my husband for 11 years. We led all around the Philippines, including Cebu, um, pretty much all the regions in the Philippines, um, all kinds of ministries. We also led uh, Bangkok for, uh, for a minute there. Um, yeah, and then 15 years ago, like what Ben shared, we, we left and then we have been in the Dallas church for the past 15 years. So we pretty much raised our kids in, in the Dallas church. Hi, uh, my name is Cindy Whitcomb, and I am the mom of Megan Meigs. And uh, I have been a disciple for 32 years. Um, I was converted in the campus ministry at San Diego State in San Diego, California. Um, I currently am working as an HR manager for the um, LA church. And I've been doing that for over 20 years. Um, I've been a single parent for the last nine years. Um, and yeah, that's my story. Thanks. And obviously we have Isabel and Meigs here um, and Devin, he's in the cut, but we really wanted this episode to be more of a conversation between the kids and their parents. Um, so I just wanted to start it off with, um, just on a positive note, what did, for the parents, what did you guys love, um, about raising your kids in the church? I can start. Um, this is Cindy. I think for, for me, what I loved was, um, just the advice that I could get that I did get from the older Christians in our church about raising kids. Um, my parents were divorced when I was in high school and, you know, we never, there was never a real open communication with my family and I wanted to be different with my girls, our girls. So, um, I loved all the advice. I loved the, the parenting classes when the girls were little. Um, I feel like I just really, learned a lot about how to be a Christian and raise my kids, you know, to, to love God and to, to know about God. So that's, that's one thing that I'm, I'm really, really grateful for. 
Yeah. So what I'm very grateful about the kids growing up in the church, um, myself as well. Uh, my background is I grew up in a broken family. Um, so when I became a disciple, uh, when I became part of the church, that's one of the things that I'm so grateful for with the church is that it gave me guidance to have a, uh, uh, a marriage that's guided by God and to uh, get help in my parenting. So, I mean, it's just awesome that the kids can grow in an environment where they can learn the word of God uh, and they see it in people's lives and they hear it on a weekly basis on Sundays and things like that, as well as of course the relationships that they gained growing up in the church um, they were able to get close to families, Christian families, and got to build great relationships through Hope Youth Corps, through children's ministry, preteen, young teen ministry, and not only with the kids, but great relationships with great parents, uh, wonderful parents that, you know, they're kind of like uncles and aunts, and they get to even you know, um, hear other voices of other parents and just extra moms and dads. Um, and that was uh, a blessing. That is a blessing for sure. So I think the blessing of being in the ICOC is uh, the discipling relationship, even among churches. I remember 15 years ago when we left Manila and we literally went to a church here in Dallas that, you know, we only knew a few people, but just because of the fact that we know that we're in the same family of churches and it's a sister church mm -hmm. it felt like within i mean it felt like we didn't leave it's like uh, they welcomed us uh with open arms and there's that trust there is that you know security so i think that's that's a great benefit as well raising my family and the kids uh in the icoc they moved here when when they were small and so uh immediately we were welcomed with open arms Right. And I won't repeat what he said, because yes, all that. Um, it was a safe community, you know, to raise our kids in. We knew that for the most part, we could really trust most of the people who surrounded ourselves with um, extra set of parents and consistent uh, friends that they would see. Like, you know, we had a specific family that we really... Uh, did things with the Delapenas. So the kids actually saw each other. Like there were streaks of like seeing them for like every day. So it was really like an extended family. So that was awesome. Another thing actually that I really loved in uh, raising the kids in the church, it was or is hope worldwide. It was or is really such a great resource for you know, um, like when we started sending our kids to Youth Corps, it was, we knew it was going to be a great experience for them. Uh, they would learn how to serve and learn to make friends on their own. So it was kind of a, a great stepping stone into the world while learning to serve. So I love that we had that. It was safe and it was you know, going to teach them about serving. They could travel. They could invest in it. They saved all year to go to youth corps in the summer. So it kind of taught them to invest in good things. So 
I love Ms. Gore in helping us raise our kids. Yeah, and just to, I'm sorry, just to piggyback off of that, um, I loved the youth camp and the teen camps that the girls were a part of. Those were, oh, I just got back from teen camp and, um, you know, it, it's it's an amazing experience. It's It's teaching our kids who God is and how much he loves them, you know, and, and I, I love that. It's, it's getting them out of, you know, their comfort zone away from phones and TV and, and uh, you know, into nature and, you know, the relationships that both my girls built, um, they still have a lot of those relationships even today, you know, and um, Hope Youth Corps and Jordan, Megan's older sister, she's gone on Hope Brigades and, you know, she's gotten to know a lot of people from that. And it's been great, you know, the the exposure that the girls have had to other countries, other cultures that they might not have gotten to experience in a more protected environment, yet still able to experience the world and experience how God works in other in other countries. Yes. Love that. Thank you guys for sharing. Yeah. I think what I'm hearing is just like bringing your kids into an extended community and teaching them also how to build community with people who are so diverse, um, especially within our movement of churches. It's just, you just meet so many different people. I know that me and me can say all the time, we would not be friends <laughs> if it wasn't for the church because we're so drastically different. And, you know, I've known Isabel since I was a child. So it's, it's just really cool that there was so much support and it really does take a village to raise all of us. So, um, kind of along the same vein, but a little different. So is there anything looking back on your years in raising your children in the ICFC that you would do differently, or maybe like advice that you would give to your younger parent self as you know, we were all young, what, what would you do differently if anything? So, I think, I think for, for me with the things that I would have done differently is I think definitely emphasizing that um, the most important thing, of course, is their relationship with God. And we're part of a, a great church, an, uh, an awesome church. But, you know, because it, we're comprised of people and humans, it's not going to be perfect. Um, and I think even as they studied the Bible growing up, I know that, you know, they went through the Bible studies and everything like that, but I would have even just shared a little bit of the ICOC history and just letting them know what uh, we went through as a church and as a movement. And it's understandable. All churches have their own history. Um, and the church itself has a history throughout, you know, Old Testament, New Testament, and even after the New Testament. So it's something that I think if they heard from us or if they heard from the very beginning, it's something that they would appreciate that, you know, there's just full, you know, honesty and truth. And it's connected to the fact that, you know, we're not perfect and uh, just sharing the good, the bad, the ugly. And uh, I, I, interesting that they would know that, that they would realize that, you know, it's okay. And um, versus them finding out from somebody else later on. So 
um, I think I think that's that's part of you know trusting them as well. So I just want to add that. Yeah, can I add to that? Um, just to echo, hi, it's Isabel. I'm here too. Um, and yeah, what my dad said was really good because I think that touches on something that would honestly be really helpful to a lot of. Um, kids, especially that grow up in our church, because I mean, I've even recently got a f- gotten a few messages of, Hey, I'm a teen or I'm a campus student. And I just listened to your podcast. And I asked my parents to sit down and explain to me the history of the church because I didn't know. <laughs> and I've been here for what, 20 years, however old they are. And they're like, and I had no idea. And I think it's kind of crazy um, that this new generation, it, you know, maybe we hear whispers of it, like, you know, specifically for ICOC, we hear, you know, Henry Crete, the letter 2003, things like that. And we're like, what are you talking about? Um, and, you know, I think some of us were affected by it more than others, or, you know, like for me, I have memories of it, so I don't, I didn't really need it explained to me, but I think a lot of people definitely could have used, I think for me, I would have needed, uh, would have, you know, valued maybe more of an explanation of like, why did this happen? Because I think it could have helped with the whole, like, the church is this perfect fairy tale magical land where nothing goes wrong. And I'm sorry, I'm being super sarcastic, but <laughs> I don't know. I just think it would have been helpful to be like, churches change, churches mess up, people mess up. Sometimes a leader will say something that's totally not biblical, or sometimes a leader will tell you to do something that's totally not biblical. And those are possibilities. And does that mean you throw out the baby with the bathwater and don't listen to any church ever, whatever? No, but because this is our family, but like, as you grow up, as you're studying the Bible for the first time and getting all this pressure to study the Bible at 13, like, (laughs) you know, here's the background that you need to know. So anyways, I just wanted to add that was like, that I think that would be so helpful to a lot of young people. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think what Isabel said about the why of what happened, because I feel like I did share stories from, you know, from when they were old enough to listen to stories. I'd be like, we shared like the weird stories. (laughs) But um, anyway, I think the why, I think we did really do that as much. Um, and um, going back to the, the original question for me to answer, um, I still believe that a lot of the things we learned for parenting um, still pretty much applies, especially the younger years. I, I still hold on to that, you know, Deuteronomy 6 and just the mandate of parenthood, right? That it is a God-given role or a responsibility that we have to be intentional as much as we can when the kids are are um, moldable and still in that learning stage so i still believe in that you know i still think that the younger years so critical to pointing them to god toddlers and young children need to be taught to obey still believe that but I think the biggest thing that I feel like looking back is I would have really been more intentional in letting go earlier. <laughs> like, I feel like I knew it in my head, but it was so hard for me to let go and really trust my kids, especially Isabel, because she's the firstborn. 
sorry she felt the brunt of it. <laughs> I was learning to just learning how to be the parent of an adult was the toughest thing. And I feel like I put such a premium on the training stage that I had a hard time transitioning to the uh, influence or relationship stage. And so looking back, I would have made more effort to trust um, our kids, our daughters um, earlier, to really, really listen to their hearts and their motivation. And, you know, when, especially when they're like in the age of studying the Bible, instead of just kind of like, oh, they need to be trained to be this, or they need to be taught to think like this, but really just getting to their hearts and what moves them and, and what, what they're troubled by about faith and not be afraid because I remember Isabel sharing stuff about doubts and stuff. And instead I would panic when I would hear, oh, she has doubts. But instead to actually use that as an opportunity to be deeper. So I think the older stage, middle school and teens, I would change a lot of what I did. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate um, Ben and Marie, you guys sharing that. I think that the, the word that comes to my mind that I regret is um, I, I feel like I protected my girls too much. You know, when they're, you know, one, two and three years old, you know, you tell them no and you expect them to obey. And, you know, there's, there's a consequence. There's, you know, there's a reason that we're saying no. And, and I think as you move into middle school and high school, no is not enough and no is not a good answer. You know, it needs to be explained. There needs to be a conversation. And I think me in, you know, when Megan was in middle school was when her dad left and, you know, that was, that was a crazy time. Um, and, you know, trying to figure things out. And um, I think I, I think I can want to protect my girls so much that I, if we don't talk about things, if they would just listen to me and obey, then, you know, everything will be okay. You kind of shield them. And, and that's not, that's not the right way to handle things. Um, they need to know, and they deserve to know why. And I, I, as a parent cannot put my fears or my shortcomings on my girls. You know, they've, they've got a life to experience and I want to be a part of that. And I want to help in that journey and be there as, you know, a mentor. And, and, you know, cause by the time they get to junior high and high school, your role changes and you're more of a mentor. You're more of a coach or a cheerleader, or, you know, you're not so much, um, telling them what to do and what not to do. And, and that was hard for me because, um, I'm such a rule oriented person and, you know, I, I never, I never questioned. Yeah. Dress modestly, never questioned it, you know, never questioned, um, the, the effects of that. And, you know, and that, that influenced me, you know, um, 
growing up. Cause I, you know, I heard that from my, my parents and the, the school that I went to and, you know, that sex was a bad thing and you don't talk about it. And, you know, but that's, that's not the case. Like it's from God, like all these things are from God and we need to experience them, but we have to, we need to have the right heart in how we experience it. And it's not, it's not a yes or no conversation. It's a, it's a why. And, and, you know, how do you feel about this and why, why do you want to wear this? And, you know, it's just, it's all these things. Um, and I'm going to go on a tangent here, but, you know, if we don't do that, if we don't ask those questions, if we don't, you know, figure out where our hearts are at as singles, we get older and we get weird in our relationships you know sex is not a word that we're supposed to say and we're not supposed to say that we're lonely and we're not supposed to say you know that we want to be in a relationship and you know we just we suppress those things and I think if we start talking about all of that at a younger age there would not be this huge I think exodus of people wanting to do you know, wanting to um, experience relationships in different ways, you know, whether that's online dating, whether that's people outside our church, which I think is totally fine. Um, You know, it's just having those conversations earlier could have prevented, I I think, a lot of hurt in in older singles, um, which I'm you know, I'm, I'm delving into more cause that's kind of my stage of life now, but I think, I think I overprotected my girls and, and I regret that, um, because I'm, I'm learning the damage that it's done and that I can't undo that. So it's a regret. I, I think also looking back, I should have been more, uh, in touch and proactive about the pressure like i kind of knew that there was pressure but then i was like you know god can use any pressure and that's true god can use any motivation for us to become disciples right we all became disciples like because of different things but i think i could have really helped them be more like confident early on, um, if if the pressure wasn't there, or I just I, I should have helped more alleviate the pressure. You know, one of the pressures, the negative ones, is the pressure to be perfect. It's funny because it's like um, we kind of teach a culture of like being honest and vulnerable and broken of sin, but there's a perfect way to go around it. Also, <laughs> so it's kind of funny just how culture, how our uh, church culture is in that way, but that there is no one way and it's okay to be different and it's okay to have your own identity. Yes, to develop godly, Christ like qualities and to strive for those, but it's okay to be different. I think I emphasize too much inadvertently. Um, the value of conforming. So I think looking back, I would have embraced um, uniqueness and diversity more. 
So good. Okay. Yes. Love what everyone has said so far. So what I'm, I, I think the main themes that I'm, that we're all kind of seeing is just this idea of trust, which like, it makes sense, you know, because like you guys come into this church, there's a lot of interesting things going on. You mentioned what happened in the past. And obviously because of that, you want to protect your kids from the stuff that you faced, but now like, you know, like it's kind of that idea of, okay, trusting that you have instilled these godly biblical ideals and core values in us in order to entrust us to kind of go on with life and to figure out our faith and understand the why and um, question things as well and, you know, understand the heart behind things. So I just really love just, it doesn't have to look one way. Like you said, Tita, like it doesn't have to all be this archetypal way of like living out discipleship, especially as a kingdom kid, which I think that pressure is very tangible. So um, kind of in the same realm of like church culture and just these things that we're talking about. Um, and this is kind of a question for the whole family. Um, obviously your kids are very outspoken <laughs> and which is good because they probably got that from you. But ha- so how has this podcast, the issues that have been talked about, whether it's in this public setting or even just within the family setting, how has that affected the family dynamic um, between, you know, the kids and the parents. Um, And like I said, this is for everybody. So feel free to chime in space makers. Yeah. Can I go first? Um, Us even just being here obviously does not say that, you know, we have this perfect family dynamic by any means. (laughs) If you're really close to my family, you will know that we've had our ups and downs and, um, stuff that we are always working through. Um, but honestly, it's been a cool, like bonding experience, (laughs) um, talking about all this church culture stuff, because I think for me, I've been kind of slowly getting the confidence to think differently or think different, differently, like outside of my own brain, (laughs) you know, let people know that I'm thinking differently, like just recently, um, because I was such a people pleaser before. Um, and I think slowly as I'm starting to bring up different ideas of like, Hey, mom and dad, listen to this podcast that I found or this panel or this church sermon or, um, read this or whatever. I've just been like slowly feeding them (laughs) different ideas of like, Hey, maybe think about this. I've been thinking about this and maybe we can deconstruct this, or maybe this part of church culture isn't the best. Can we think about that? So it's been really cool and honestly bonding for us. I think, um, just having this and then seeing my parents kind of take that and run and see what they're doing with their own relationships with God. And I, I've always thought that it's been the most inspiring thing whenever I see my parents grow, (laughs) which is the funny thing. Like even just in life, it's been all like, honestly, probably the biggest lessons they've taught me have been when I've seen them change and grow. Um, and so things like when they're like, when they're willingly admitting, Hmm, maybe we didn't do this right. Or (laughs) "Hmm, maybe like, you know, I thought about this weird and, you know, I don't know, like even when I'm presenting all these crazy (laughs) deconstruction, like ideas that I have, um, because I'm, very, I'm pretty unfiltered with them when it comes to all my church ideas. Um, they're 
you know, they're like, oh, okay, like, yeah, look into that and all that. And, and so it's just been cool even seeing their journey. Um, so yeah, it's been pretty, yeah, it's been pretty bonding for us, I think. Um, but I can let them fill in the rest. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, I think I've been very encouraged uh, by my talks with not just Isabel, but even with Devin. Um, I just, you know, I'll be honest from the, uh, from the uh, side of uh, being a dad and a parent, I'm really, uh, I'm really proud of them. You know, that I'm really, actually very impressed and very encouraged by their faith. Um, actually called higher by their courage. Um, I share this to them already. And um, I, 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 I'm sharing this with, with uh, all the families and the, well, not families, couples and leaders that we've been talking to um, that were, you know, initiated, I guess, by the courage of Isabel and Deb that, well, well and the space makers overall, that I've, I've been, it, it was a higher calling for me because, you know, it's, it, you know, you have to realize that I was baptized during the old school days. And, and, you know, if, if you, if you open up anything, uh, about, uh, you know, that's, that's negative with, uh, with the church or with, with leaders, it's, it's, uh, you know, you know, it's sacrilege. No, it's, uh, it's, um, you know, there's, there's something wrong with you. You just need to, to repent, you know, um, you know, it could be, you know, uh, you know, it, it could be, but, you know, but it's, it's generally, you know, just shut down immediately. So, um, and, you know, just coming from that background and that spiritual upbringing, um, it made, you know, there, uh, the space makers, you guys and the kids made me, uh, uh helped me and freed me in, in uh, really, thinking about my relationship with God and what God really wants from the Bible, um, not limited by, you know, my preconceived notions and the things that I grew up with, just really honestly evaluating it. So yeah, it's been, it's been good. It's been really cool and thought provoking my now our times together when we have lunch and dinner with Devin and Isabel. So it's very, it's been very encouraging. Yeah. Uh, the same. Um, honestly, I was really nervous about the podcast because we know that God is doing something right in our churches. And and when Isabel and Devin said they were coming out with a podcast, I'm like, <laughs> I was really nervous. But of course, I tried not to show my nervousness. But when I I listened to it. Just the intro, I cried multiple times. It just, you know, I guess it it just made me see how mature and how much Isabel just loves God. And Devin and all of you love God. And of course, on a personal level with Isabel. Because, you know, again, like just like what Nate did uh, with uh, Cindy shared about just trusting our kids because we're like overprotecting, right? It's, I think it's a matter of trust because we're so fearful that like 
it, it, I guess it's a combination of like wanting to protect them, but also learning to trust them and trust God with our kids when they're adults. It's funny because actually we don't have a choice right? <laughs> when they're adults, but in our minds, it's like, I still want to parent them. I would still want to protect them. But listening to the first podcast, I cried multiple times. I was so moved and it just, it, it just like, I guess it was like, it felt like a dream come true to hear her convictions. It's like, oh my gosh, she loves God. And she just wants to make her faith her own. And that's what really moved me and made me so proud. And isn't that what we as parents want for our kids? We want them to have their own faith. We don't want them to just follow blindly and just no follow rules and what have you, but to really make their faith their own. And so, yeah, it's been, it's, it's a godsend actually, not just to your listeners in this podcast, but also to us, to me as a parent and to our relationship, just having these deep, deep talks and really it wouldn't have happened if you guys didn't have the courage to speak up. So I'm, I'm very, very, very grateful. Yeah. I just want to echo, um, everything that Ben and Marie have said. I, um, I'm so proud of Megan. Um, she's had an incredible journey. You know, it, it started with, well, it started before I think her eating disorder, but yet I feel like that's the point that everything just started kind of breaking down. And, you know, it, it, it helped our relationship. I had to learn and she taught me, you know, how to talk to her, how to, you know, the questions to ask and how to support her, um, through that journey. And then, you know, starting lifeline and, and seeing these incredible posts. And, you know, I, I love that Megan loves God. And I love that, Devin and Isabel and Rachel and Janae and Sebastian. I love that you guys love Cindy forgot to mention Alex. We know that Cindy loves Alex, so we won't take it personally. And that that's not even a question in my mind. Like I have no, I have no doubt, you know, and whether I just, I just feel that whatever church we go to is whatever church we go to. And we just, we need to love God. We need to be like Jesus. And over this past, you know, year and a half with COVID and all of this, Megan has taught me so much. Um, I am definitely a conformist and I am definitely a rule follower. And she has taught me to ask questions. And, you know, I listened to um, Space Makers and, and to Womp and my heart breaks um, for this younger generation and the things that they've gone through. And, and I didn't see it. I was unaware. Um, but now that I'm, my eyes are open. I, I'm a huge advocate. I want, I want this older generation to get out of the way. So this younger generation can fly because they love God and they are here and I believe they want to take 
our church or whatever to an, a whole new level. And it breaks my heart that we are standing in the way of that. And I, I think that needs to change. And, um, I'm just, I'm a huge advocate. I want to support this movement with these kids and sorry, you're not kids with these young adults. Um, and the things that they are saying and the things that they're sharing that you guys are sharing, it makes sense. It makes so much sense, you know, just how damaging it is to, um, to who we are and who we see ourselves when we put limits on, you know, who can say what and who can wear what and whose responsibility is that. And, um, I didn't realize that before. And yet I'm so grateful that, you know, Megan had the courage to not only stand up and the passion to, um, use her voice. She's teaching me how to use my voice and I'm learning, you know, in my own sphere of influence, how to use my voice and how to, you know, to be an advocate, because I, I think you guys are doing an amazing job and, um, I fully support you. Wow. Thanks mom. Um, so many nice things. Wow. I don't even know how to follow that, but, um, I don't think it's possible to overstate how much of a role parental support has um, in feeling and just being able to do this kind of stuff. Um, I think if I were to have felt shut down, I probably couldn't have, we couldn't have gone on. I don't think like my spiritual, emotional buckets were filled every time I felt heard. And I felt like, oh yeah, you're like, you're not crazy. Or even when we would get in fights about things, you know, <laughs> um, which we would, <laughs> um, but it was like a good exchange. It wasn't like a, you're a terrible person. It was like, it, it was all about, okay, well, why do you think that? And where did that come from? And then oh, I see why you thought that. Oh, I see how you were hurt by that. And then it's like, and sometimes we didn't even land on the same page after. And that was fine. I was like, okay, that's fine. We don't have to like agree completely. But then after a while, I think we just started to kind of get on the same page. Um, and I just want to, I guess, appeal to kids, like the Kingdom Kids, like try to have those conversations um, and demonizing our parents for having certain ideologies isn't really going to get us anywhere. <laughs> like you just have to go through it. You can't go over it. You can't go around it. Like you have to go through it and building like, a, an unsafe relationship isn't going to change anybody, you know? Um, and the grace, like just having grace on one another is so hard. And I know that that's not a reality for a lot of people. Um, my mom is probably one of the most humble people you will ever meet in your life. She's like, yeah, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. <laughs> that's fine. Um, you know, she's an HR manager. So she's just all about dealing with people's conflict and being wrong sometimes and being right sometimes, but still being told she's wrong. <laughs> But anyways, um, 
I don't know. So I, I, I want to empathize with that's not the reality for a lot of people. And you need to protect yourself and have boundaries and not engage in conversations if it's unsafe. But um, just opening up those doors, it's um, it creates a, a better a better opportunity for unity because it's not because of an absence of conflict that unity is a thing. It's like because of conflict, we are unified. Um, and I think I also just want to appeal to like parents to just list, like to try to put these things, not like put these things into practice because it's not like all of us are 100% correct about everything, but um, being a cheerleader for your kid is going to go so much further than a critic um, because I've just felt so empowered um, and it's so redeeming to just feel, even if we don't agree, just to feel like I trust you and I believe you and I, you need to do what you need to do to have a good relationship with God. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Um, just really quick. I, I guess I want to appeal to the parents that, you know, asking your kids questions is scary. Um, it might come out wrong. Um, you're not sure what you're going to hear, but I would encourage parents to have those conversations, you know, to, to get in there and find out what your kids believe and why they believe that it's so it's very enlightening. And I think it's very endearing um, because even if you don't believe exactly the same thing, you can still understand each other and you can, there's still that level of support that you can offer, which I think is really crucial in relationships, but to not be afraid to have crucial conversations. You know, I mean, we're talking about that all over the place now, yeah. and we need to have those with our, our children and yeah. understand so that we can help them. You know, we can, we can mentor, we can help guide them as they're, you know, on this journey, um, finding God and, you know, all these great things that they want to do for God. They still need us as parents, I think, to guide them to, True to hear our history so they can learn from our mistakes, True. but yet we need to still allow them the space to make their own yeah. mistakes, you know, and know that we're going to be there. So, yeah. So good. I feel like the funny thing for me is I definitely would have done this with or without the support of my parents. <laughs> um, I would have been like, well, I'm doing this anyways. You can't stop me, <laughs> which probably speaks more to my personality, but, um, I just, I don't know, but I think of how my parents kind of surprised me because I kind of went into all this stuff, not knowing what they were gonna think really. Like I knew they were starting to realize some stuff like, hmm, like, you know, maybe the way that we did ministry wasn't the best. And like, you know, I knew they had like some regrets and some things that they had changed on their opinions of and things like that. But I just did not know like how far they were willing to like to, I guess, entertain different ideas. Um, and yeah, and then we ventured out on this um, podcast, which is, I mean, it's terrifying, especially for somebody who like, you know, for, I mean, for all of us working on kids, we grew up here and we knew like, we went into it knowing that, Hey, the people that, you know, people around the world or around the country, whoever listens to this might think of me differently. Now they like, I remember that night that we released the episode, uh, the first episode, Devin and I were like, well, there it is. Like, 
people's opinions of us are probably changing forever now, <laughs> for better or for worse, um, if they were listening to it. Um, and so that was just a scary thing to embark on. And I was just like, I don't know what my family is going <laughs> to say about this. Like, I kind I don't know. And then, and then seeing them, um, kind of take it and run, like I said, uh, was <laughs> really cool. Cause it was like, it wasn't like they were another, they were someone else I had to ignore or fight or whatever in order to do what I felt like God was calling me to do. It was like, we got to kind of do this together. And that was really cool. Cause I think there's such a power in doing it as a family and seeing like different generations and the different things that we bring to the table, even with this discussion. Like, I mean, the, the kind of dinners that we've been having recently, I just want to hit record for a lot of it, like just bring my phone and like hit record because you know, it's cool. Like seeing our different perspectives. Like, I mean, I, I was not in the ministry for 11 years. I don't have that perspective, but hearing them and hearing how the church has changed and how they see, I don't know, even different parallels from when they were younger to now and how it needs to change more and all this stuff. And then for me, like I grew up in this church and they don't have that experience. And so in that way I'm the authority on the subject. And so hearing them kind of respect me and ask me questions and me, you know, being able to, you know, feel like, oh, this is like a safe space when I can actually bring up all my crazy ideas or, you know, I can actually be like, hey, I've actually been deconstructing this or whatever. And they're actually like, oh, interesting. <laughs> so it's been cool that and kind of like an unexpected bonus. And, you know, I want to acknowledge that you know, not everybody who's deconstructing or talking about these things have um, supportive parents or parents that understand. But um, I don't know. I guess that's why I'm hoping that maybe this podcast can be a resource to to the parents to where, you know, it's like I'm not t- telling you what to think, but maybe you can kind of at least empathize and start the conversation and, um, you know, be more unified and you know, asking those questions, like Cindy said. Yeah, I think, well, one, I think I just love um, just the support. And I know that it's, we talk all the time about having intergenerational conversations, and that is essentially the lifeblood of our podcast. But I think something that's so cool is like, for me, something that I've always thought about is this really happens in the home within the family unit. And that is where minds get shifted and perspectives are shared because there's the underlying foundation of mutual love and humility and genuine care and concern rather than just, you know, these intergenerational conversations happening on like a top level. It really does have to be like the ground up. And that's why, like, I just want to reiterate their appeal, like to those who are listening to this podcast, please, please, please just start the conversations within your own homes. I mean, like they did that in the first century church, right? Like after people became disciples, they went home and then shared the good news with their families and their friends and they discussed these things. And so um, I think it, it truly is the lifeblood of these conversations. It doesn't just have to be on a public forum like this podcast. Um, and then as, you know, kind of, in the same vein, and then coming to a bit of a close here. Um, So what advice would you guys give to parents, and also the space makers can chime into this, but what advice would you give parents 
whose kids are going through deconstruction, who are questioning church culture, because all of us have, all of us are going through that process right now. You may be going through that process to some degree. Um, So what advice would you give parents as they like engage in these conversations with their children um, just in general? I can go. Um, That's a great question. The, The first thing that came to my mind was don't be afraid. You know, don't be afraid of your kids. And, you know, even our friends, when they question, um, you know, who God is or why do we do this in church or why don't we do this in church? You know, women's role and purity. And like, there's so many things where I feel like in some sense, God is clear, but in some sense, he's not clear. And that's, I think, where our heart comes into it and our, you know, our heart to love God, but I think to not be afraid. Um, I, I mean, I think sometimes inside of me, when Megan comes up with some ideas, I'm like, "Ah!" (laughs) you know, it's a little, it's a little out there for me, but you know, I, I want to listen because I, I want to be open to changing my mind, you know, um, gosh, all of this with, you know, LGBTQIA and, you know, and all of this, it's, I, my mind has been changed. I'm learning. And the more I I read Jesus and really study him, he was so accepting of everyone. And he was so non-judgmental and that's what drew people to him. You know, he didn't have expectations when he healed them. And I want I want to be more accepting and less judgmental. And that means with my kids, I I don't need to judge them. You know, I want to accept their ideas. I want to explore the ideas that they have um, and trust that, you know, God's going to lead them where he wants them to go. And yes, it's scary sometimes, but I'd rather be with them on this journey than not know they're even going on a journey. You know, I want, I want to be a mom that is approachable and that has my kids backs and that they know bottom line that I will stand, you know, in front of them, behind them, you know, whatever I need to do to show them how much I love them and and believe in them. And I think, I think if we can do that for our kids, then they'll soar. And I think those conversations will happen. So I think all that to say, (laughs) don't let your fear stop you, you know, from having those conversations with your kids. Yes, we love. The only little thing I'd add is um, like not reacting. Yes. (laughs) Um, I'll be saying some crazy stuff sometimes. I'm not going to lie. And my mom will be like, okay, (laughs) or I'll be really frustrated or I get really, really, really indignant sometimes where I say things that I don't mean. And my mom is like, okay. And I'm like, don't worry. I always like tell her, like, don't worry. I'm not going to act on these feelings or I'm not going to, you know, do whatever I feel like doing right now, but I'm here to vent to you because I'm frustrated. And she's like, okay. 
what do you need? She's not like, oh my gosh, she's going to leave the chart. Like, she's not like <laughs> freaking out, pacing. I have had those thoughts <laughs> in my head. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you have. Um, Cause I'm crazy sometimes, <laughs> but she doesn't react. And that makes it a safe place where I'm like, okay, if I tell my mom something, she's not going to go to the worst case scenario possible and either punish me or um, try to correct me or lecture me. I'm 21. So, you know, if I was maybe younger, that might be a little more appropriate. I don't know, but I have no idea. (laughs) Don't know. Not a parent. I don't know, but she doesn't like, that's not like her role anymore. Um, it's more so just, okay, let me listen. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things parents can do because parents of course are so afraid of, you know, um, quote unquote, we don't even really believe in this word anymore, but fall away. That's some parents like worst case scenario that they fall from God's grace somehow, you know, but that's, I, I don't think that process is, you know, as easy as, you know, we think it is. So it's not overreacting, um, and really just being a listening ear. Yeah. Just to add to that real quick, If your child is telling you that they are questioning something, doubting something, one, know that they are probably terrified to be even telling you. So keep that in mind Two, like, what is the goal right now? Like what, like when you're, when you're reacting, is your goal? No, 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 no. I'm scared of what will happen. If this, if this child like goes on that path, I'm thinking worst case scenario, or is your thought, okay my child is thinking about this. Everyone, all their friends are probably thinking about it. The everyone in the world is telling them what to think about it. So I want to have a conversation with my child about this, no matter how it turns out. And I think, honestly, I've watched so many parents over the years and their relationships with their children, specifically the children that don't fit into the mold, the children that never get baptized in the church or that do, and then decide to walk away or that decide to live lives very, very different than the typical, you know, church person. And I see their relationships with their parents. And it's so interesting how some are like, I don't know, some parents I think do this really well. And some parents that I've seen don't. Um, and I just keep thinking, like, as I see those relationships, especially the ones where like they, quote unquote, fall away or (laughs) go off the deep end or whatever. And they just decide to live their own lives. That's very different than church, Um, which I don't think (laughs) is bad to not fit in the church mold at all. I'm not saying that, but when they do kind of go their own way and they, you know, have that broken relationship or not as close, or the parent sees them as, oh, this, it's so sad that my kid is like this, or like, this is like my greatest burden that my child is doing X, Y, Z with their life. I'm just like, is that really what you want your relationship with your kid to be? Is that really like, are you, is this the hill to die on? Like this one issue that you're like, why do they do that? (laughs) You know, like, why is that their lifestyle? I'm like, wouldn't you much rather have a, a relationship with your kid where they can go to you? They feel like you're a safe space and like, yeah, you don't have to agree on everything. I don't know why we think we have to agree on everything. Again, unity doesn't equal uniformity. We talk about that a lot, but you know, I'm like, I see so many, like so many family dynamics when I'm like, what 
is like, it confuses me when it's like the parent is so like, no, you only think one way, but then I see their kid over here, you know, living a very different life. And I'm like, what about your kid? Like, are like, is what's, I don't know, I guess what's the priority here. And so, I don't know. I just think thinking about that, you, you know, these kids are going to do what they want with their lives either way. You can't really control it. Sometimes controlling it makes it worse. <laughs> um, and they're going to be thinking these things. They're going to be presented with these ideas and no amount of shielding will stop that because if you think, oh, my child's starting to think about sex or other religions or, you know, what does modesty mean? What does cursing mean? What does all these things? They've probably been thinking about it like five years prior to when they bring it up to you. And so it's, in my opinion, <laughs> I think the priority is to make it a safe space to talk about it before you worry about controlling how they act you know, um, because I think Jesus, every time he talked to people that were different than him, his priority was to make sure that that person felt safe first or that their needs were taken care of first before he controlled, Hey, you're a prostitute. Stop doing that. <laughs> he made sure, Hey, are you okay? <laughs> like, you know, so that was my little ta tangent, but yeah, I think in, uh, in piggybacking with me and, um, uh and um oh god cindy and my daughter uh isabel yes uh when when uh our kids I, I think my my encouragement to the parents when the kids are talking about this like what they shared don't panic um you know don't react don't panic um it's awesome that they care it's great that they care worry if they don't care like worry if they're like whatever and then they're worried about something else and they're not even thinking about church or the relationship with god i'm like you know all the more it's it's encouraging that that they care that they're opening up concerns and they're thinking about these things um i know with our journey personally me and marie it really helps that i get to share with my leaders my concerns and if I am not heard, it all the more gets worse. It, 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 it kind of like, it affirms that there's something wrong. How come, how come they're not even listening to, to uh, what I'm bringing up? Uh, you know, it's shot down before it even took off, uh, you know, in terms of opening this up. So, you know, I think with the next generation, especially when we say that we want to empower them, it's it really is empowering them um it's not just making them do the things that we need to do in church but do it our way but really empower them in thought empower them in you know what they what they believe in what they think so anyway i just wanted to say share that so you want to... yeah what was the original question again <laughs> if the kids, what, what we advise the parents i advise the parents I think um, my, and okay, I, I'm learning from my own mistakes, right? Because I feel like it's only very recently that I feel like, oh, I think I'm starting to get it. <laughs> but, um, and I, I, I really think that listening to the podcast, like hearing Isabel's heart, for me personally as a parent, 
it really her hearing her share her heart and seeing her courage and speaking up even when it's challenging and it's actually risky it actually made me respect her and i feel like like finally there was a shift which i feel like god has been kind of pressing on me for years but i was just resistant but finally there was this respect you know like oh she's thinking she's praying she's it's just and, and, and of course i knew that in my mind she's smart she's always been smart but there was this i guess allowing myself to just hear it like that it's like wow respect you know so i think that's what i would encourage other parents respect your kids as adults you know especially if they're older than 13 <laughs> they have opinions they have thoughts they have questions deeper than we think so again um it, it's also coupled with unconditional love like yes even when we don't agree there is a way to still and, and again I'm, I'm looking back retrospectively just learning right there is a way to unconditionally love without agreeing and i feel like i could have done a better job with that personally and and at the end of the day this is my final thought this is between you and God. God is obviously moving in your life if God is allowing you to hear these things. I feel like that's what God has done for me. For me to kind of put the pieces together because this is not new. I've been feeling and and you know thinking of many things through the years about the church, about certain aspects of our church culture that just rubbed me wrong and I would just just shove it aside but i feel like you know things are coming together and god is moving in my relationship with him so i would really encourage all the parents what is god teaching you in your relationship with god apart from the church apart from what you've been doing every week every sunday what is God trying to change in your heart to bring you back to a pure devotion? Yeah, I think, uh, Marie, that was amazing. Because um, I think it does all go down to or boil down to our relationship with God. And I think, you know, kids, when they're growing up, we kind of make a space for them. You know, we, we, we create boundaries. And then as our kids get older, asking questions, they're trying to find their place, you know, in the world, in our church. And I think that happens throughout our whole life. You know, um, I'm learning to find my space as a single parent, as an almost empty nester, you know, and I don't, there is no space, you know, and we have to, I have to make a space. And, and yet, I think that's what our kids are trying to do. You know, this next generation, they're trying to make a space. And we as parents would be very unwise if we did not help them make that space. Um, you know, because they've got they've got ideas, they've got things they want to do for God. And 
I don't want any of us to stand in the way of that. Um, you know, Jesus, I feel like Jesus made space for everyone, you know, and who are we to, to say yes or no to someone wanting to make space, you know, for other people and, um, and for themselves, you know, and, and it's a, it's a lifelong journey. I think we're going to be making, we're going to be finding our way. We're going to be finding our niche, you know, throughout life in our relationship with God and in other relationships. And so it's a process and it's a journey. And I'd much rather be on this journey with my girls than be against them and not in the journey with them. Yes. Love the thoughts. Yeah. I think when you finally like make that delineation from like child to like we're mutual disciples and we have respect for each other. And I think one of the best things, and you guys are such a great example of this is allowing your child to see you even wrestle through your faith and question things and, and, and mirroring that for them and showing them like, Hey, it's okay. Cause we don't have it all figured out either, but we're going to go through it together because we're both disciples at the end of the day. And we both want to love God and we both want to have an intimate relationship with God, but it's just going to look differently depending on our context, but we're going to walk in the trenches with one another. And I think that's just such a beautiful thing. And I'm, that's, yeah, it's just really encouraging to hear. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of parents and kids who are listening to this are also going to be super encouraged by your guys's thoughts. Any final thoughts, like any last words? I just wanted to open it up. I just wanted to add one more thing, I guess. Um, you know, again, I don't want it to come across that like we have this perfect family dynamic and I'm sure this, the Whitcombs don't, uh, don't either. Um, and I think, you know, as much as we want to present like, Hey, here's what, you know, we've learned and all that stuff. I think I would encourage all the kids out there or all the young people to just be patient with your parents, you know, take it a step at a time. They're not going to automatically, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It, it'll take time, especially if they've been around for a long time or if they've had a very small mindset or closed off mindset or, or just, you know, had a very specific worldview for a really long time. Um, not that you're like trying to change them or change their minds or anything, but if you are trying to help them see the things that you are questioning and, and thinking about, um, and, you know, venture out into those questions that I believe deep, like deep in your relationship with God, then just take it one step at a time and be patient. And I know that it could be hard and there might be times when it, it'll cause friction or it won't turn out very well. Um, you know, I want to be realistic in that it's not going to always be great and it's not going to always lead to great discussions and you can't control your parents. You can't control how they're going to react to all of your questions. But I think, you know, um, have hope and like, take it slow, be patient with them, pray. Um, and you know, you might not ever, <laughs> um, you might not ever be united in your thoughts or anything like that, but you know, there's a lot of parents out there who I'm sure, you know, would talk to you about stuff. And, um, I don't know, just take it one step at a time with your parents and just try to be in there and be patient with them and know how it can be scary for them, or it can be, um, new and, um, you know, maybe you can't 
present all your crazy ideas <laughs> right off the bat. Maybe you need to start with stuff that are small and introduce them to like other resources or other books or whatever, because sometimes it's easier to hear from other people than your own child. <laughs> um, so I don't know, just take it slow um, and know that we're here with you if you're listening and you feel like, I don't know, your parents will never understand or whatever. Um, know that we're here for you. Um, and yeah, just be patient because God's working. Yes. Love that. Yeah. I think I just wanted to also just empathize with the kingdom kids who feel like they can't talk to their parents whatsoever. Maybe your parents are leaders, maybe they're elders, maybe they're super entrenched um, in their way of thinking. But I think something that's been helpful um, for me, and I think for all the space makers, is just also going to other older people in your parents' generation and talking to them and building relationships with them, especially if you find them as like a safe person. Um, and who knows, they may, yeah, and who knows, they may also be raising kingdom kids who may be younger than you and you can help them in, in their parenting of their kids um, and, and sharing your experiences with them. Um, but yeah, I think there's just so many different kinds of family dynamics out there, especially when it comes to the church. You know, there are families out there and they're fine, right? It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> there's nothing wrong and we're good. And this is heaven on earth. And amen, that's fine too. But I guess, um, you know, all of us are on uh, different parts of the journey, um, it took us this long to really be honest and be real with ourselves in our relationship with God. And it's going to take different people, different things for them to realize if at all, because again, you know, we're not supposed to be all the same. So I just wanted to say that I guess grace for everyone. Yes. Mutual grace, humility, all of it. So good. Yes. Thank you guys so much. Thank you to the parents for engaging in the conversations with us. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22, 6. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Ephesians 6, 4. We hope you got something out of our little conversation with our parents. We believe that these conversations begin at home, and if you live in a Christian household, we believe that part of what that should look like is making your home a safe space for people to ask the hard questions, to doubt, to disagree well, and to discover God in a way that might be different than you. We believe that a church will never be healthy until it bridges the gaps between generations. And a huge key to that is bridging the gap between the parent and the child. Maybe your family is already great at hearing each other and respecting each other when talking about difficult or controversial topics. Maybe you're more like my family used to be, tending to fight or shut each other down. Either way, we hope this episode was an encouragement. We've loved hearing all the stories of our podcast leading to long and deep conversations in the home. It's been amazing hearing of kids who send it to their parents, parents telling their kids to listen, and the family having just great talks about what was said. We hope this episode facilitates more of the same wherever it can. 
For more on bridging the gap between generations, check out our first episode, which features Gordon Ferguson. But that's all for now. Thank you so much for listening and for sticking through our, I think, longest episode yet. Keep an eye out on our social media pages, which are linked below. We're going to be announcing some fun things soon, so you'll want to stick around for it. But until next time, thank you so much for coming to our space. Thank you.